Welcome to the GeoMob podcast, where we discuss geo-innovation in any and all forms, be it for fun or profit. Today, I'm speaking with Miguel Marquez, who uh, spoke at one of our online events uh, back in the summer of 2020. He is the founder and CEO of a company called Map Idea, based in Lisbon. Um, and he's going to tell us a little bit about his experiences. Uh, so I'm excited for this discussion. Miguel, welcome to the show. Introduce yourself a bit and tell us exactly what Map Idea is. Hi, Ed. Thanks, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Um, well, I'm Miguel. I'm a geographer. I have four, I'm 47 years old, and I spend more than half of my life working in geography, geomarketing, GIS, you choose the name, and I don't consider it work because I love it. So I love everything related to geography. Um, map idea. You're on, you're on the right show then, Michael. <laughs> yeah. Map idea. Map idea, well, it's the, basically the natural translation of, of this passion. And, and it's a company that helps organize organizations to use geography for better decisions, basically. Give us, give us a sense of the size of the, uh, the business. It's, it's just you or you have a team or uh, who, are, who are your customers? Like what types of projects are you doing with them? We, we are a small team. We are seven people at the moment. Typically, we variate between 10 and, and 7. We started in 2014, so we are eight years old. And the fun part is that we have customers all over the world. Um, typically, we target large organizations that have a lot of data, a lot of people, and, and, and we try to, again, create a bridge between the GIS and the business users, the stakeholders that need to take decisions on a daily basis. Um, the customers, it's also very interesting because it varies from pharma companies, retail companies, um, insurance companies, outdoors, even remote sensing companies that, that use satellite imagery. So it's, a, it's really a blend of, of use cases and, and experiences. And you have, you have one kind of standard product that you offer to them, or is it more you're kind of building custom solutions for each, for each customer? We have a standard product, and probably this is what makes us different on the market nowadays. This is a final product, so it's something like, like a Microsoft Excel. You just plug, plug your data, plug external data, and start using from day one. So it's not target for data scientists, for developers. Um, actually, a lot of our users, customers, don't even know what GIS stands for. So um, I, I, I promised myself that I wouldn't do this analogy, but I have to do it. It's like Google Maps. No one thought as how to use Google Maps, right? We start using from day one, that's it. So basically what we are doing on the business side is enable users to do filters, spatial filters, thematic maps without training, without any, any information. Okay, so, so this raises some immediate questions for me uh, in that on, what you're describing is one of the common, uh, uh, let's say, conflicts or tensions that we see in the geospatial community in that, on the one hand, we have this amazingly powerful technology that can do all these things. On the other hand, we have the people who have the problems that, that need to be solved. And these people have no idea that these tools exist. Okay. Or they think that they have, you know, there's such a universe of complex tools and things. And how do they become aware of your solution? How does someone at a big pharma company say, 
we need to start using map idea to to help us with this project as particularly given that you know you're a small team you know as a, as the owner of a small business myself uh, we also suffer with this is that you know sometimes people come to us and they 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 describe this solution that they want, and I'm like, what you're describing is actually very straightforward and simple, but they just have no idea, right? And how do I, how do I make more people out there become aware that these solutions exist? I, of course, to become my customer, but also just, you know, for, for lots of people, it's just they, they, they lack the, the context to even know what they can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you bridge that gap? I'm smiling because that's, that's really the story of our, of our life. Um, I have, a, I have a, a strategy of one customer at a time. So, and again, we have customers like Domino's Pizza, we have Vodafone, we have Novartis. So each of these customers help us to get the next one. Um, so it, it, it gives us confidence. So it's, it's a way for the other customers, the, the prospects, to have confidence in our work. So this is not one we wonder that, oh, they do pretty maps and then they will go away. Uh, we have very long-lasting relations, so we have customers for over five years. Um, so that's that's an important part of the strategy when we're trying to acquire new customers. So are you are you spending a lot of effort then, kind of on educating the customer as well, like going and you know, uh, presentations, consulting, you know, making them aware of what what's possible? Is that, is that a big part exactly. of the business? Exactly, exactly. So, uh, the large part of the, our selling process is showing use cases. Some, and, and sometimes when, when we have fortune that the customer searches for a specific use case, we not only show that one, but we also throw like 10 more. Uh, I have an example of an insurance company that was focused on the selling, on the sales optimization. And we show a realm of use cases related to fires, to, to driving, to to to, to give, give it, give us, take it, take us through a few use cases if you could. I mean, I, I don't know, you don't need to name the specific customer, but like, uh, give an example of these types of projects. Yeah. So, I'm I'm, um, I'm I have a product that I sell. I have I have people that on the ground that they're selling their products. They want to define their territories. They want to optimize their territories. And and again, I'm not a strong believer of fully automated process like this. You press a button and then the magically the map appears divided. So it's typically we involve the customer, talking with the sales directors, talking with the salespersons, getting all that information, put it on top of the map that becomes the laboratory so we can explore the, the solutions. So that's, that's a very strong use case for us. Another one and, and very classical is I'm a new brand like Domino's. Domino's appear, well, it's not a new brand, but in Portugal it has a couple of years. They wanted to open stores and they wanted to open fast. Where to open a store? So they used our software to select the best locations to open the store. And then where, there's where the narrative gets a little bit thicker. They use it at first to open the stores, but now they are using to prepare marketing campaigns to understand the sales performance where people are coming from to, for, for the store. Why on this part of the town we don't have uh, customers, we only have at Friday or, or Thursday, for example. So all of this is like having a window from above and you look, look to the ground and see what's happening on your business. So basically it's, it's, um, it's putting geography at use for the business in, the, in ge general terms. How do you, 
again, this is generating a lot of questions for me. So first one is, what are, what are the main mistakes that you see the customers make? I mean, what, what are uh, that, um, you know, what, what do people kind of get wrong, either in their assumptions or in their execution? Like, how, what, what are you, the difficulties you see? Well, that's, that's, that's a tough question to answer because I cannot say bad about my customers. <laughs> but no, but I understand, I understand. Um, well, the lack of spatial culture, the, the lack of, of, of knowing what they can do with their own data. So we have examples that just by doing a couple of drag and drops to the map, they pay the investment because they put competitor stores, their own stores and their customers do a heat map. That's it. You don't need anything. Well, you can do more elaborated analysis, but, some, but sometimes that picture on a meeting room saves a lot of money. So that the problem or the mistakes, if you want to use that expression, is the lack of spatial culture or geography in the organizations. They, they still think that this is something they don't, they don't need. It's like having a lawyer. But it, why is that? Because I would imagine, I mean, some of the brands you name, someone like uh, Vodafone or whatever, I, I, you know, it's a big organization, a lot of resources. I'm sure they must have geospatial people in the organization. Obviously, the department that you're dealing with may not, but you would think, or, or, or someone like Domino's, right? Like the problem of uh, uh, geographic marketing or uh, defining territories, this can't be a new problem for them, right? I mean, I mean, okay, it may be new in your specific country as they expand, but it, you know, you would think this is this is the basics, right? This is um, so. So why is that not the case? You 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 just hit the. The, nerve, the central nerve of, about the, the, the situation. Vodafone example, obviously they have geographic people, geospatial people there, but they are focusing on a very niche use case, typically more connected to the technical part of the deployment of the cell sites and the, and the coverage and, and the network. So they don't speak the same language as the people that are opening stores, are preparing marketing campaigns. They are engineers, engineers so they, they came from more, more that, that world. And we see a lot of these in the, in the organizations. For opening stores, there are very, very good people that open stores and select locations, but they are doing it as a common sense. I go around walking on the city, I talk with real estate, real estate companies. I don't, do, I don't have hard numbers that a GIS can bring to the table. Um, and this is basically the, the, the main problem, a problem that relates to you and, and to, your, to your company, the, the, the geocoding company, is that also people assume that by having the address, you can put it on the map. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> oh, okay, I have these one million records that I need to put on a map. Okay, do you have coordinates? Coordinates? What do you mean by coordinates? So, it's also this type of lack, they lack this, this expertise Something that for us on the industry is completely normal, but everything that this is a hurdle that we need to to overcome. You see, it's it's uh, until we reach the end game, it takes a lot of meetings, a lot of demos. Sometimes this, the sales cycle takes like eight months, ten meetings, uh, trials. So it's 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 tough. How do you so so one challenge in that regard then is it, imagine this customer. I'm imagining some marketing manager at, 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 a, at a telco or at a pharma company or whatever, they, they realize they need help, 
right? I, on and and that there is a a geographic aspect to what they're trying to do, uh, defining sales territories, whatever. So they understand. Okay, I need I need someone who can help me on this. How do you now, as a business owner, make sure that you're on that shortlist that that you get in those meetings, right? Because you know, because it's very different. You know, there's a whole universe of geospatial consultants and uh, be it companies, be it uh, individuals, be it whatever. How do you stand out and how do you make sure that um, your tool, you know, the, the, the unique advantages of your tool are, are present in the mind of the decision maker? Well, the, the, I think the tool speaks for itself. The simplicity. We are completely obsessed with simplicity. So, for example, comparing QGIS, MapInfo, ArcGIS, very powerful tools. And I, I love them all. Yep. I, I, I love all, all three. But they are very complex to use. And this reminds me of the, the, the GeoMob presentation. Um, it's not easy to use those tools. Okay, And we spend lots of time saying, oh, it's super easy. Just use this plugin or, or this extension on, on, on QGIS. It's not easy. It's very hard. So put yourself in the shoes of a marketing or a salesperson that needs to optimize the territories, needs to define where to open a new store, and is presented with a project in geo, geospatial language from a consultancy that talks buzzwords. We start by showing the map, by dragging and dropping. So drag, click, see, three, four clicks, you have you have things that can be relatable to the end user. And I think that's make, that makes all the difference. Also, a very important, and I, I can say this from, from these eight years of experience, we don't, we don't show the end game right away. St start small. So if you have your stores, we can find the customer, the competitor stores and put it on the map. You don't need to have 25 layers more. You can start using those two to take conclusions. Tomorrow another layer. Tomorrow another data set, and it's it's a it's although it's a closed product, it's a construction of a service that we do with the customer. So that helps a lot to 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 close the gap, the bridge between GIS and business. Yeah, but I think you overlook one key point, Miguel, and that is that it is exceptionally hard to build simple things. <laughs> it is very hard, very hard. I mean, to keep it, of, of course you start with something simple, but then it, you know, the, the temptation to add this feature or that thing, or, you know, if, if the customer asks for something, so then you, you add this flag or whatever. And, uh, you know, it just, it's a real challenge that for the geospatial industry, I think. I think for, for technical people everywhere. I'm, I'm with you. Um, I'm with you, Ed. I'm with you, and sometimes I'm the bad guy because I'm I'm in charge of the product. So sometimes I, I'm the I'm the bad guy that needs to say no, because I don't want to 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 compromise simplicity over function. There's a very thin line between knowing to use this completely naturally and and need to have to have advanced training. So we don't do custom development on top of the of the tool. Obviously, we listen to the customers, but it's like the, the Ford classical sentence. If Ford gave people what they want, they're asking for, they wanted faster horses, not a car. So it's listening what they need and trying to include it in our philosophy of simplicity, of, of, of making it usable. 
easier said than done. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah definitely. But I, I wanted to ask about one uh, simple tool that you've built that um, I, I encourage all listeners to check out. This is um, a tool called Locali, which is for kind of exploring and visualizing census data. Maybe you can take us through that tool and um, tell us why you built it and, and uh, what exactly it is. Well, that's, that's, the, that's our social mission, if we might say, might, might say we have. I'm, I'm a strong believer, even we are a small company, I think we should do what we can. So imagine that MapID is a huge success with millions of, of euros or dollars to spend. Then it's easy to do stuff like that. That is our investment. And the, the, the goal is to, to help to increase data literacy, statistical literacy. Obviously, through maps, that is our preferred means. Locali is a project that collects data from the census and provides it on a human scale. So we call it neighborhood. Basically, for, for technical people, it's nothing more than a buffer. So you press a dot on the map and it tells us how many people live within 250 meters of that location. But what, for me, the magical part is that those were tables sitting on the census webpage under a lot of complicated accesses because it's, again, it's very technical. And we are providing these to little kids that use it on, on school. They just press, oh, how many people live around me? That's it. So it's a, it's a canvas to tell stories and especially to tell the importance of the census data. Yeah, this is, uh, that, that's a great point. I mean, making the data accessible in the way that that people can explore it and tell us telling a story is is a, is a absolutely key point um again something people in geospatial often uh, you know i think everyone starts with the best of intentions but then we very often get too too distracted by technical functionality rather than actually you know what how can I tell the story with this and, and not how can i tell it but how can the the customer or the end user create their own story and explore their own story. That's why less is more, Ed. That, that's why that, that tool doesn't allow you to change the buffer size or doesn't allow to do complex calculations. It's one click and you see the data, families, households, uh, and, and residents, that's it. The same goes for our COVID uh, dashboard that we created. There's a lot of dashboards with a ton of information. We just kept a single line and a map. So that's it. Hmm. You can navigate through time, nothing more. Uh, we have some more specific Portu uh, Portuguese projects. Evolution of the Portuguese population. Number of population by municipality over the years and a map that telling you on the last year if the, 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 the population have, have grew or decreased. Two colors, not complicated legends. Again, it's not for geospatial people. If a geospatial people wants to do an analysis on demography, QGIS away, MapInfo away, and, and they, they'll have a lot of, they have a blast. Our job, our mission is not for us. It's for people that don't use geography. That's a great point. That's a good point. So how do, how do you deal with though? I mean, the examples you provide like uh, population growth or whatever, there, in most countries, although not all, there is good data available for that type of thing. But one of the biggest challenges is, it's not what we could, you know, there are all these ideas of what things we could build and do them, but they all depend at the end of the day of having reliable, comprehensive data. 
And in a lot of cases, that's, that's just not the case. We don't have good data. Do you, how do you, I mean, you must come up with this problem on your projects all the time, right? Where the customer says, oh, show me this, this, and this. And you say, well, we don't know, right? Or, and uh, so, so how do you manage that situation? Because I imagine many, I see this problem come up again and again. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't predict that uh, problem. So I, I was a little bit arrogant, if you may say, oh, that, that problem will never happen. It happens every time. <laughs> it happens every time. So that's why we don't have a marketplace for data. So we don't have a web page with marketplace and you can buy. No, we kind of work like their virtual GIS department, data department on, on, the, on the geo topics. And sometimes we curate the data for them in terms of, oh, I need, the, I need a specific data set, purchasing power, for example. We look around and we have this company that provides this. We look at the data and we say, well, I don't know how, how these people get this data. And for the analysis that we have done, I don't think, I, I cannot vouch for this. So we don't recommend to sell, to buy it. So we don't recommend anything that we will not use, we use it for ourselves. And that, it's very important because open data nowadays, a lot of information, but then people forget to see that the data is from 2016 or 2012, or, or the date is just the, the, the large stores with more than certain square footage. So we help organizations not to be um, obfuscated by the, the myriad of data nowadays, and we try to find the right data for the, date, the, the right use case. Easier said than done, again, this is a very heavy task, um, but also we help to look inside the organization. A large, large organization, again, Vodafone, Domino's, Orange, they have a ton of data that they can use to replace external information. Um, and the GDPR and the, 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 the protection laws, <laughs> so people are afraid of that, but geography and the spatial representation of the data is a natural way to solve a lot of those problems. You aggregate mm, okay. to read, you aggregate to H3, Uber Grids, whatever. So there's a lot of ways to to make that data usable, legally usable, and solve a lot of problems. Very nice, very nice. I I, I advise all listeners out there to, to take a look at Map Idea and, and, and look at your solution and what you guys have come up with. Um, it is it is very clean, very simple, uh, very very appealing. Um, let's switch. Focus a little though, and um, for any of our listeners out there who are like yourself thinking of making the jump to starting their own geospatial business, what advice do you have for them? What have you learned over the years? What would you, uh, what do you wish you had done differently? What do you, um, what went well? <laughs> well, from eight years ago, in the eight years in the past, my friends all, practically all told me not to start this company. They told me, start a service company, a study company. So don't do a product, don't do a product. It will, it will go down in flames. It's very difficult, but I spent all my life doing projects and, 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 and doing studies and doing PowerPoints at the end of the day with maps. I really wanted to help to solve this problem. GIS people in one corner, business people in the other corner, let's create a bridge. And the way to do it at scale, it's through a product. So that's why we have created this. So I'm not a, I'm not a typical 
serial entrepreneur or startup guy. I just created this out of necessity and out of the love of geography. So if you are, maybe my, my recommendation is to really see if there's a need for your product on, on the market. It's like the, the remote sensing scene. There's a lot of solutions that are searching for a problem. Yes, big, big so, challenge, big challenge. <laughs> so see if, see if what you are envisioning helps to solve a concrete problem. And then start one, one step at a time and, and, and go for it. Portugal is a very, it's a fantastic place to, to, to try to, to have a startup. There's a lot of, of, a lot of help from, from a lot of organizations. One of these is Startup Lisboa. They even have a project that you can launch in Lisbon. So it's, they, they have all these accelerated programs. Um, so again, but yeah, yeah. Let's, let's talk about that briefly, because I have, uh, over the last couple of years, it really does seem like Portugal uh, generally, but Lisbon specifically, has, has really uh, put down a flag on the kind of um, you know tech startup scene in Europe. And, and I've, I see all the news of uh, things going on there and companies setting up offices there and stuff. So what's your experience of it? Any, any interesting geospatial businesses we should be keeping an eye on? And... Um, and actually, we, we did have, um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to attend, but we did have a Geomob Lisbon back, uh, I think it was in late 2019. So, uh, and just as we were about to start, hopefully get it going, then of course, COVID hit and events got canceled. So I hate to say it, but we've kind of lost momentum, but hopefully maybe in, um, you know, 2023, we can get, we can get it going again. So what do you think? Should we try one? Tell us a bit about the, the Lisbon scene. Let's, let's start by the end of that question. It will be a pleasure to have Geomob here, and I will be very proud to, to help him to sponsor it even with Map Idea. So it's, it's on record. At okay, the, excellent. <laughs> how, but how is the geo scene? How is the startup scene in general? Uh, yeah, the, the startup scene in general is we have a lot of talent in Portugal, tech talent. So a lot of very, very qualified uh, people. And we have two amazing universities that well, three that, that deal with geospatial uh, uh, studies. Um, so there's not a short of people here with very good ideas, very good vision. Um, again, the weather is fantastic. People, companies are coming here like crazy. So that's, that's a, a bittersweet problem because if a German company opens a hub here or a Swedish company opens a hub here, they pay Swedish salaries or... or or Germany, German salaries, and it's tough to get to get talent. Um, but but is is the place to be? I think it's the place to be. I'm, I'm a suspect, obviously, but it's it's the place to be. In terms of geospatial, I, I would like to, to 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 say that we have a strong open source community, also uh, very active. Um, well, I know, I know uh, Phosphor-G was in was in Portugal a couple of years ago, right before COVID, yeah, right? Yeah. I think that was 2019 yeah. or so, or um, 2018. And, and let me also do a, a little bit of bragging or at least talk about the, the EGOT, the Institute of Geography and Territorial Planning. I teach there Joe Martin class at the master. Very, very good people there. And also in the Nova University, um, there are people that go come out of the university not just thinking geography, rivers and mountains. Okay, they, We encourage them to say, Go send your curriculum to a pharma company, to a, re, a supermarket chain. So people get out of a little bit of the geography bubble uh, 
um, and, and spread their, their power across the, the, the other areas of activity. Well, all right, fantastic, great, good sales pitch. Uh, all right, man, we, we got to try to get Geomob Lisbon going again. I need to talk with um, Joanna, who was the organizer. Uh, but unfortunately, she doesn't. Or at that time, she she doesn't live in Lisbon. So, but but we'll see, man. Maybe 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 for the spring, we could we could organize a meeting. And uh, yeah, Barcelona is lucky to have Joanna there. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Well, you know, we got to get more cities going because I feel like um, now we have the podcast going. We have listeners all over, and obviously, you know, not every city is going to be as big as London, where we've been doing it for uh, you know more than ten years now. And of course, London's a really big city, but. Uh, it would be great. I, I personally would love to have an excuse to come to Lisbon again. I've only been there once uh, and I had a great time. So it's time for another visit. You're more than welcome. All right, Miguel, thank you very much for taking the time to speak with us. Um, how can people get in touch with you if they, if, if they have further questions or they want to learn more about MapIdea? What's the best way? MapIdea.com. But probably if you want to reach out, sometimes things related with geography or even, even studies, my LinkedIn, or send me an email, miguel.marquez at mapidea.com. So uh, I'm out of necessity, I'm lots of time on LinkedIn because of commercial, the commercial part of the business. So it's easy to reach me there. Okay, perfect. We'll make sure we get that linked in the show notes. And uh, thanks again for coming on the show. And I hope to see you soon at a Geomob Lisbon. <laughs> me too. Thanks, Ed. Bye. Bye. Thanks everyone for joining us today and listening to the GMOB podcast. Hopefully you've enjoyed the discussion. Please don't hesitate if you have any feedback for us or any um, suggestions for topics that we should uh, cover in the future. You can get the show notes over on the website, which is at thegeomob.com. While you're there, if you're not yet on the mailing list, please do get on the mailing list where we once a month send out an email announcing future events, summarizing past events, and just generally sharing uh, events that you may find of interest. Um, you can also, of course, follow us on Twitter, where our handle is Geomob. Um, you can follow Steven at Steven Feldman. You can follow me at Fryfogel. Um, you can check out Mappery at mappery.org. And of course, if you need any geocoding, please check out my service, which is opencagedata.com. We look forward to you joining us again at a future episode, and of course, seeing you at a future Geomob event. Hope to see you there soon. Bye.